I'm glad you're with me again today as we continue our study of 1 Samuel. We, pick, we left off yesterday with the Israelites having a battle with their enemies, the Philistines, and the people of Israel are not walking with God. They're not trusting God. They're not following the directions of Samuel, the one that God has put as their judge leader. And as they go into battle, they take the Ark of the Covenant, which is the, the chest that God instructed them to make, which is a symbol of his presence. It's not his presence, but it's the symbol of it. And they thought if they had the Ark with them, that they were for sure going to win the battle. didn't turn out that way. 30,000 of their soldiers were killed in this terrible battle. And Phineas and Hophni, the high, the high priest's sons, were killed, and the Ark of the Covenant was uh, captured by the enemies, the Philistines. But that's not all. Verse 19 of chapter 4 says that Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant and near the time of delivery when she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead. She went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. As she was dying, the women attending her said, Don't despair. You have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because of the, the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and husband. She said, The glory has departed for Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. That's kind of a monumental statement that she makes, the daughter-in-law of Eli the priest and <clears throat> the, the one who's married his son, and is pregnant and expecting a baby. The word for glory is the word Shabbat in Hebrew, and it's used 375 times in the Old Testament because the Bible often speaks of the glory of the Lord, meaning the power and presence of God. And the other word that is uh, only twice used is Ichabod. It's only used one other place, and it means no glory. And the idea is that the power and presence of God has been taken away. And and that was what was happening in Israel because they weren't trusting God. God's glory, his power that had seen them through the wilderness, that had taken them out of the bondage of Egypt and all had brought them into the land of promise that, that as they had depended on him, but now they weren't depending on him. And Israel as a nation had been worshiping false God. The people had been trusting the, the gods of their neighbors and, and so that's, that's what can happen. God's glory can be removed from a nation. God's glory can be removed from a church. God's glory can be removed from individuals. And uh, in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, in Jesus writes to the seven churches of Revelation, and in chapter 2, he writes about the church at Ephesus. He describes it as a hardworking, busy, active church, orthodox in doctrine and practice, However, God's glory is not there. For Jesus said, I have this against you. You have left your first love, your love and devotion to me. You're just going through the motions. You're just doing the right things. You're substituting activity for vitality. And, and it's not discernible in the activity because you're busy, but it's, it's seen in the joy and the thrill that's gone. The joy of worship is gone. And the excitement of answered prayer is not there because you have, you have not really continued to love me like you should. Many churches do exactly that. They get into a form, they get into a practice, they get into a way of doing things, and as they do, they lose the, the joy of the Lord. They use the, 
lose the sense of his presence. I'm glad at Community of Faith that's not true. We sense his presence on a, on a Sunday by Sunday, weekend by weekend basis. And we, we want to be a living organism, the church, with Christ as our head, not a dead organization. And also the church at Sardis in the book of Revelation is mentioned. And Jesus said, you have a name that you're alive, but you are dead. And his idea being that even though you have physical life, the spiritual life is not there like it ought to be. And the same thing can happen to us as an individual believer. We can kind of just go through the motions. We can come to church even. We can even pray a little, read the Bible a little. But if our heart's not in it and we're not seriously seeking God and we're not open to let God go uh, in, with us as the strength of our life every day, then the sense of his presence becomes dim and lackluster and we lose the joy of our salvation. And sometimes we don't even realize it. It's easy to get into a rut. So that's why we constantly need to seek the Lord. We need to keep our sins confessed up to date. We need to make sure that we're really walking with God. And we need to deal with anything in our lives that's keeping us from God's best, that's keeping us from trusting him and depending on him and looking to him for our, our king and our Lord and our strength and our power. And as we do that, then we will continue to have this wonderful close walk with him. Now, you can't depend on feelings every day. You're not going to feel a giant emotion every time you pray and every time you read the Bible and even every time you come to church. That's just not the same thing. We're not talking about always having uh, overwhelming emotion of God's presence because God's present, even if we don't have an overwhelming emotion, he says, I will be with you always. So we need to recognize his presence we need to thank him for his presence. We need to live in the light of his presence. And we need to give him glory in his presence. And feelings will come and go, but he'll be the same. And doing that, we will learn to depend on him, not how we feel. I think sometimes God just allows us not to have feelings, so we'll not depend on feelings and emotions, but we'll depend on him because he's our key. He's our strength. He's the one that really makes the difference. So if you feel a little of the glory has departed from you, ask God for forgiveness. Ask him where you went wrong. Ask him where you need to get back and begin to trust him and walk with him as before. And in our next session, we're going to see what happens when people who are not believers in God had, had the presence of God in their midst and as, as symbolic by the Ark of the Covenant and what really happened and, and the difference it made but I think the, the thing we can learn is that Eli was a good man, but Eli did not discipline his children, and he did, not, he did not discipline his sons when they began to go wrong. He did not deal with them. And as parents, it's really important for us to discipline our children. Discipline does not mean hurt them or hate them. It means to child train them. Now, that includes some kind of discipline in which we take things away, are we disciplined them in other ways? That's, that's necessary. Sometimes we have to do things that are crucial and sometimes things that are not fun. And sometimes we have to practice tough love. And in doing so, we spare the child and we, we save the child from destruction because rebellion is in every human heart. You can see it even in the smallest children. As they begin to be able to respond, sometimes they rebel. So it's important to practice discipline, which Eli failed to do, and it brought destruction on him, his family, his sons, 
his daughter-in-law, his whole country. I, I hope that we'll learn that lesson and not fall into that. I hope you have a great day today, and I pray you will. God bless you.